Our Ask an Expert segment continues and joining me now, Research Institute for the Environment and Livelihoods researcher, Rowan Fisher. Good morning. Good morning, Mel. Rowan, this uh, CDU, uh, well, this project that CDU is set to join in regards to feral animals looks very interesting. Can we start with, when we talk about feral animals, what makes an animal feral? Is it just one that's been introduced? Uh, It is one that's been introduced and has uh, gone wild um, and we can't control um, and they generally cause significant damage to the environment. Uh, So in this project it's really focusing on uh, feral buffalo which uh, both cause a negative impact to the environment but also a a significant uh, economic opportunity um, on the country where they reside to be harvested and and sold for um, meat and other products. Yeah well that's the thing isn't it because I would never have thought um, of a link between a feral animal and a buffalo because, I mean, I eat them as sausages. They're delicious. And I just assumed that they're all out and about in there being contained and worked and, you know, doing good things. But how does, a, how does an introduced species become feral and wild, such as the buffalo? Just left to its own devices or...? Uh, well, essentially, and uh, across northern Australia, particularly in the top end, in the Cape, there's uh, tens of thousands of uh, wow. buffalo. Um, they're very well uh, suited to the northern Australian tropical environment, um, and they they flourish. But uh, unfortunately, whilst flourishing, um, their hard hooves can cause significant damage to um, uh, the environment and cause erosion and uh, other uh, considerable impacts, particularly to the sort of wetland areas. Uh, so the project that uh, CDU will be um, part of, led by CSIRO, uh, is looking to help manage um, wild buffalo herds um, through using high-tech satellite-based tracking technology wow. in collaboration with a French company called uh, Kinesis, who is providing uh, a fleet of satellites um, to monitor the, the buffalo. So there'll be work with um, communities um, in Arnhem Land and in the Cape to tag the buffalo that can be tracked by these satellites. So we'll be able to get real-time, high-resolution tracking of where the buffaloes move through the environment. That will then be used to inform um, harvesting strategies. So um, they can be removed. The the herds which are easiest to access, so the lowest cost to remove from the environment, can be taken out of the environment, thus reducing their impact but also maximising the uh, economic benefit to the uh, primarily Indigenous communities that are working with this project at the moment, um, the return that they can get on that. So I think most communities are keen to see the buffalo uh, on country, um, although they can be a bit dangerous as well. Um, they're a bit scary. They do provide an important source of um, meat for a lot of communities. So a lot of people aren't keen on total eradication, but uh, this sort of um, management uh, using smart technology could be a really effective way to assure we get uh, maximum benefits and minimise the impacts. Cutting edge technology like satellites and so on, I can't imagine that that's a budget, you know, option that it comes cheap. It must be a huge undertaking. It is. This is uh, quite a a large project. Uh, There's $4 million over three and a half years, the life of the project. Um, But in actual fact, uh, a lot of the satellite-based technologies uh, from that French 
company are being provided uh, in kind because uh, wow. they're really keen to trial it in some um, unique environments, which we certainly have in, in Northern Australia. All oh, right. Okay. So it's they're getting something out of this as well. They are. They're getting, a, as I said, a, a chance to uh, trial their technology in a, a really interesting but uh, highly beneficial sort of research project. Um, and we're providing a lot of that sort of on-ground support and some of the, um, the research uh, that will back all of this up. Um, my work specifically um, is supporting the project through taking the data which is being produced by... Um, the tagging of the buffalo and some of the environmental modelling that will be done to try and understand why they're moving, where they're moving at different times of year. Of year. And uh, I'll be creating some 3D visualisation technology so we can take that out to communities, the people doing the work on the ground, and explain what we're finding and making sure that there's a really good and clear communication and collaboration to inform those uh, sort of next steps sort of harvesting um, uh, applications. So there will be work, yeah, the work will be with um, communities in Arnhem Land, as I mentioned, and in um, the Cape, and they'll be the community members, um, the rangers will be on the ground um, capturing um, the buffalo that they need to tag. Um, so there will be a lot of sort of hard sort of on-the-ground mustering work being done by those communities as well, which is a really important component of the whole project. A lot of the community engagement is being uh, led by Nailsma here in Darwin, the Northern Australia Land and Sea Alliance. Um, so there are quite a few people involved. When we talk about your work in particular, that 3D printed scale models that you, that you then project um, the images onto, is it important for those working on the ground to, to see exactly the lay of the land and, and what's going on? I, I think so, really, because the way that uh, animals move through the environment is obviously clearly connected to the topography. So not only what grows where that um, is feed that they will select to eat, um, but where sort of um, easy routes are to move through the yeah. environment. So understanding and seeing the topography in, in 3D sort of helps you understand the um, some of this mapping information we're getting from the satellites and uh, why we're getting that sort of movement outcomes. So making that sort of really clear connection um, I think is important and being able to communicate that uh, throughout the community as to why certain strategies are being um, followed in terms of the buffalo management. There is interest, I think, down the track to do a similar thing with uh, pigs, but uh, at right. this stage it's, um, we're focusing on the, on the buffalo. But there, there's a fairly wide application where you can track um, animal movements in very high resolution in time and space to be able to combine that with other environmental modelling to start to predict where animals might mm. be moving through country. Um, so for anim other animals where there isn't such a commercial market, um, for example pigs, but you may be wanting to control the animals, you can use this to really be a little bit more targeted and selective about sort of picking out where animals are likely to be and uh, targeting uh, targeting sort of control practices. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, with the, the imagery that comes from those satellites, it, it almost is able to remove a lot of the guesswork, isn't it? 
Well, that, that's right. That, that's the idea. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's important. Uh, I guess there's an element of guesswork, but there's always an element of the, those yeah. guesses on country being informed by a, <clears throat> a lot of experience of people living on that country. Yeah. But when, when that sort of um, experience of um, that local knowledge can be supported by um, these other other tools um, you can get some some really good outcomes I think when you're looking at um, imagery that comes from satellites and so on I think we've spoken before about some of your work in fire management and and um, and the the scales that you've put together do you ever see stuff that surprises you that you think oh we didn't know that was there um, I often will see sort of um, Surprises in terms of what's happening in the in the landscape. Um, for example, I was um, I'm always looking um, at the fires across northern Australia. It's, it's one of my other roles here at Charles Darwin University to constantly map and monitor the fire activity on on country. And uh, just last week, I was watching some fires in the Port Keats Daly area. We were seeing some fires doing some really interesting um, sort of uh, movement across country, some burning with wind, some burning against the wind. And really, because these sort of landscape processes are really complex and there's lots of variables and factors sort of involved, you, you do commonly see some really sort of surprising things on country. I mean, you see the same thing often when you're out bush yourself going for a walk. Um, the natural environment is, is full of surprises at uh, different scales. So definitely we see a lot of uh, really interesting things from, from satellite. Um, and I guess we might get some um, new insights into um, these sort of buffalo herd movements using this data. So... Um, as I said, you know, we, we know, a, know a lot through our experience um, from watching herds move on country. So we already have a good idea, but uh, this new technology might give us some new, new insights as well. Yeah, absolutely. Ron, thank you so much for your time this morning and, and sharing some details with us. We look forward to talking with you again. No worries, Mel. Thank you.